maybe some of you are like me in this area. Anybody ever argue with their GPS? Or is it just me? Anybody else? Come on. Yes, yes, see, there's more like me. See, it's not just me up here. You ever argue with your GPS? What, what do you mean by that, Pastor? You'll, it'll tell you that it's going to take you this long to get somewhere, and instead of believing, he's like, that's a challenge. It's just me. It's like, I can beat that. Or if it tells you that, hey, you should go that direction. He's like, nah, I know better. I'm not going that direction. This direction is better. Or if it says, no, this is the fastest route. No, 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 I've been down that path before. This is the fastest route. And has anyone ever been humbled by your GPS when you go down the wrong route and you realize maybe my GPS knew better than I did? And so my question for you today is, are you still arguing with your GPS? See, Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, Amplified Classic Edition says, Thus saith the Lord, stand by the roads and look, and ask for the eternal paths, where the good old way is. Then walk in it. Say, walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Arguing with their GPS. The Living Bible says it this way. Yes, the Lord pleads with you still. Ask where the good road is. The godly paths you used to walk in. In the days of long ago, travel there and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that is not the road we want. Arguing with their GPS. So you have to ask yourself, have you departed from living the way that you should? Have you departed from living the way that you should? As we said last week, quoting the prophet Haggai, consider your ways. Your ways, not your neighbor ways. Your ways, not the other person on social media ways. Your ways. Consider your ways, not even your. Your ways. There is a way and a path that God has for us to live. And we asked last week, is your lifestyle sowing seeds and producing a harvest you hate? I use the example how I hate green beans. But if I sow green bean seeds, water green bean seeds, cultivate green bean seeds, I'm going to get green beans. No matter if I hate them, if I sow for it, if I water it, if I cultivate it, that's what I'm going to get. And so many people hate the harvest in their life, but it's the seeds that they've been sowing. So if you hate the harvest, change the seeds. We talked about last week, go and look again to the way God has called you to live. We cannot be so caught up in the culture and the drama of our time. Drama is the right word for it. That we move away from the ways of God and call it progress. Because even though they may call it progress or being more enlightened, the further you move away from the ways of God, the closer you get to destruction. The scripture says there is a way that's right in the eyes of man, but in the end there is death. The scripture also says the wages of sin is death. You can call it whatever you want to. Progress, enlightenment, 2021, 2022, you go, whatever you want. But if you depart from the ways of God, you will run into destruction, ruin, and a harvest that you hate. You know, it says it this way in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 3 and 5. And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, 
to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Verse 5 says, O house of Jacob, come in, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Say, walk in the light of the Lord. The message version says this way, verse 3. They'll say, come, let's climb God's mountain. Go to the house of, of the God of Jacob. He'll show us the way he works so we can live the way we're made. Notice this, notice this, notice this. You were made to live a certain way. Right? You were made to live a certain way. And if you don't live the way you were made to live, you're going to have problems. How many of you know, just basically, if you eat stuff that's not food for you, it's going to cause problems in your body. Just because some other animal could have it doesn't mean you need to have it. That's not the way you're made. I'm sure on the planet there's some type of creature that can digest poison and be fine. But that poison will destroy you. Why? Because that's not the way you're made. So many people run into problems in their life because they're living in a way that's not for them. You say, well, it seems we're working out for those other people. You ain't them. You're not. For those of you who need proper, you are not them. They are not the model you are to follow. You are to follow the light of God's word. It says, verse 5, come family of Jacob, let's live in the light of God. Jesus said it this way, months before he was to be crucified and resurrected and ascended to heaven. You will have the light only a little while longer. Walk while you have the light. Keep on living by it so that the darkness may not overtake you and overcome you. He who walks about in the dark does not know where he goes. Think about it this way. You know, a lot of us kind of have like a mental map of our house. Even if we wake up in the middle of the night and it's dark, we kind of know what to move and how to go around so we don't kick our toe or hit our shin or all this stuff. But imagine if you were traveling somewhere in a hotel and it was dark. And you had to get up in the middle of the night. You wander around long enough, you're going to run into something. Hit your toe. Hit your shin. Stumble over something. Run into a wall. You could hit something. Why? It's dark. You don't know where you're going. And then it says here in the Amplified Classic Edition, he is drifting. Drifting. Drifting is not always a quick thing. Sometimes it's a slow and subtle thing. See, I remember when I was a kid going to the beach, and even now when I take my kids to the beach, that we might tell them, hey, if you're in the water, stay right here. Don't go over there. Don't go over here. Make sure you pay attention to us so you don't drift away. But have you ever noticed that if you're in the ocean long enough and the waves are going, you will drift, and you do not realize you have drifted if you don't keep your eyes on the marker. If you're not looking up to see the marker where you're supposed to be, you can be all the way over there or all the way over here. And notice it says that if you don't walk in the light while you have the light, you will drift away. You'll slowly begin to depart, and you may not even realize you've departed. How many believers have departed the path of the light, and they don't even know they've departed yet? They've drifted away because they took their eyes off of what they should have kept their eyes on. See, what also you can drift away if God convicts you of something, 
it just, man, it just hits you like right between the eyes. Might even hurt your feelings a little bit. Stepped all over your toes, all 10 of them, all of them. And you're like, you know what? I don't want to do that. I don't want to live that way. It's 2021. It's about to be 2020. I ain't going to do that. I'll do everything else but that. Although the other areas right now seem to have light, because you've agreed with darkness in one area, darkness will affect the rest, and you'll drift away anyways. Whatever you compromise to keep, you will eventually lose. Whatever you compromise to keep, you will eventually lose. And whatever you bow down to on the way up the mountain will rule you when you get to the top. Make sure you're not drifting away. Lord, your God who teaches you how to profit. That is good news. Good news. Notice what says next. Who leads you by the way that you should go. Anybody remember before we had GPS in our phone how there was MapQuest? That before you go anywhere, come on, you went online, got MapQuest, and put in the directions, and you printed it out, and you got in the car, and at least you had step-by-step -step directions, right? But you know what something did? Even though you had a map and you had directions, you didn't have anyone leading you. You just, had, you just knew the way you should go. See, God won up MapQuest. He became a GPS in your life. Not only do you have a map, he will personally lead you the way to go. He'll tell you where to turn. He'll tell you what to do. He'll tell you what's ahead. See, on, on different GPS I, apps I use, they tell me, you know, hey, pothole coming up. Car on the side of the road. Speed trap, slow down. Gives us some warnings. But doesn't that scripture say that's what the Holy Ghost will do? He will show you things to come. He will guide you into all truth, not just spiritual truth, all truth. He will lead you by the way you should go. He will teach you how to profit. Go with me to Psalm 25, Psalm 25. He will lead you in the way that you should go. But we need to make sure we walk in the way and stop arguing with our GPS. You can argue with Siri, just stop arguing with the Holy Ghost. Psalm 25, verse 8. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he will teach sinners in the way. The meek he will guide in judgment, and the meek he will teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that fears the Lord? That doesn't mean to be afraid of God. It means to reverence him and respect him and be in awe towards him. Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. Early on in the scripture, when you look at it in the different translations, it talks about that for those who walk this way, God has made it his covenant to show them the way that they should go. See, there's a general way we're all supposed to live according to the word of God, the way of holiness. Now, to add to the way of holiness, holiness is still right even though it's 2021. Holiness is still right. But if you try to live holy and don't walk in love, you're missing it. If you try to live holy and don't walk in forgiveness, you're still missing it. not living in the way you should. Holiness does not mean you don't walk in love and you don't walk in forgiveness and you don't show mercy. You can be holy and not rude. 
Holiness does not mean you just walk around with a scowl on your face. All these sinners. No, that is not holiness. That's not. Because Jesus was completely holy, yet sinners wanted to be around him. And he wouldn't compromise. He told some, go and sin no more. Sinners wanted to be around Jesus. If sinners don't want to be around you, you're not as much as Jesus, like Jesus as you think you are. You can be holy and not compromise and walk in love and forgiveness so that the light is in you attracts them. They may not know what it is, but they say, you know, there's something about you. I don't even get it. You know, some of them are very new age. So they'll come up with some new age terms. Your energy is like the vibes that are coming off you. I just don't, I just don't get it. Those vibes, like we're vibing right now. I, I don't get it. They do not know what it is, but you know what it is. So don't correct them. Oh, it's not a vibe. It's not energy. Just calm yourself down. Just calm down. Talk to them. The Holy Ghost is open a conversation. Don't correct their language. They don't know your language yet. They don't know what it means to be circumcised in the heart. They have no idea what that means. And if you tell them that, you will scare them away and they will run down the street. But if you live this way, your life will bring people. Because what happens if you're in a dark room and all of a sudden you see light? Your first reaction is, ah. But afterwards, you can't stop looking at it. So some people will, when you go around like, ugh, I don't want to be around. And you didn't even say anything. But eventually, they're going to watch you. They may not agree with anything you do, but they will watch you. Because you're the light. Jesus said, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Then later he says, you are the light of the world. So we need to live as children of the light. And if we walk this way, not only in the general way, God will make us to know specific paths we are to take. There's a general way, the way of light, the way of holiness, the way of love, the way of forgiveness, the way of the Spirit that we're all supposed to walk in. But there are specific paths for each and every one of us, custom-made paths for us, tailor-made paths for each and every one of us. So, well, how do I find my tailor-made path? He gave you his Spirit. He lives on the inside of you to lead you and to guide you into all truth. That's why you don't compare yourself with someone else because they're not on the same path. We're all running the same race. Let's stay in our own lanes. Because what happens if you look at somebody else, you'll get discouraged. You'll slow down. you start competing with them. When God didn't call you to compete against them, he called you to run your race. He didn't say compete against them. He said run your race. And you're looking at everybody else, and you run, and you trip over obstacles and hurdles, and you want to blame God, you want to blame Jesus, blame the Holy Ghost, blame the church, but it was you. Keep your eyes in the right place. Run your race. Stop worrying about everybody else. Run your race. Well, what if it happens to me like it happened to them? Run your race. Well, why did it happen for them quicker than me? Run your way. Stop comparing. Comparison is a thief of joy. Run your race. He'll show you the path. Now, we even see this in the scriptures was train up kids in the way that they should go so when they're older, they won't depart. That way is not just talking about the general way. It's talking about the specific way. The specific path God has for your children. It's different. You've got multiple kids. There's multiple paths. They're not going to always be alike. They may be similar in some ways, but God has different destinies and paths for them. 
So you train them and develop them to walk the path the Holy Ghost has for them, which means you do not impress your will about their future on them. Because your will may not be God's path. And why would you want to raise your kids to do something God doesn't want them to do? Because it fulfills your pride. It's like, I want my kids to go to this college. Did God want them to go to that college? And you wonder why your kids come back and educate a heathen. Because you pushed them to go down a path that God didn't say to go. You want to train them to walk the path God has for them. Which means you need to seek his face like, sir, how do you want me to train them? Where do you want me to help direct them? It says other places that children like arrows. So you're supposed to fire them out. But you got to fire them in the right direction, not the direction of your pride, not the direction of the culture. What is the Holy Ghost telling you to do so you can aim them and shoot them down the path God has for them? And so when you're walking down the path God has for you, notice what it says, his soul shall dwell at ease. His seed shall inherit the earth. His soul, mind, will, emotion shall dwell at ease. As Jeremiah prophesied, there you'll find rest for your souls. But you have to walk the correct path. Go to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Let's go to Psalm 1. Starting with verse 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate, think on, and say, and study day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. The ungodly, those who don't walk God's path, are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The New Living Translation of verse 6 says it this way, For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. You have to walk the right path. You have to walk the path that God has for you if you want to find rest for your soul, if you want your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions to dwell at ease. Go with me to Psalm 23. Look at one through three very familiar verses to a lot of us. Go to Psalm 23, verse 1. Psalm 23, verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Great news. But notice what it says next. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He maketh me to lie down. What is he doing? Causing you to rest. He has rest for you in his path. He leads you beside, beside the still or the quiet or the peaceful waters. He restores your soul. He restores your mind, your will, and your emotions. He leads you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So on the path God has for you, he has rest. He has rest for your soul. 
He has places for your soul to dwell at ease. Go to Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. See, one of the things we've dealt with in this nation, in addition to a pandemic over the last couple years, we've had an increase and an outbreak of a mental health crisis. You know, we have therapists who go to the church and I've talked with them and they said, you know, pastor, our, where our schedules are full and overflowing like never before. You see it all throughout this nation. Some connected to the pandemic, some connected to other things. People who are overburdened, stressed out, burned out. Their minds are hurting. They're having a mental health crisis. It's not just in one area. It's like, oh, one city. No, you see it all the time. And if you watch the news, you see it all throughout the news. We see outside of a crisis of sickness in the body, sickness that affects the mind, challenges that affect the mind, not just stress, but an increase of depression and obsessions, an all-out war on the mind, on the emotions, on the will. And Jesus, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy burden. Said everybody that's worn out, everybody that's burnt out, everybody who thinks I just can't take another step, all those who are weighed down in their mind, all those who are having a mental health crisis, all those who are fading great mental health challenges, if that is you, come to me. I got something for you. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, because you're going to partner with me in this, and learn of me. This is the key to all this, learn of me, because that means watch me. Watch how I do it. Because if you watch how I do it and do it how I do it, you'll encounter the rest. What is that? Walk the path I have for you, and you'll run into that rest. But if you try to do what God wants you to do your way, you still could be stressed out. That's why a lot of Christians are stressed out. They're doing the right things, but not doing it the right way. And they wonder why it's not producing, or if it's producing, they just can't keep up with it. They're not doing it God's way. Oh, I want work-life balance. So does God want you to have that too. But if you try to do all the things you're supposed to do, and you don't do it God's way, you will be burnt out. Jesus continues to say, you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burdens light. Say, God has rest for me. Say, God has rest for my mind, for my will, and for my emotions. We've talked about this year that this is a year of winning and victory, a year of unprecedented victory. And when the Lord let me know in November of 2020 about this is what this year is going to be. One of the things I realized when he shared victory, and I began to think about it, that means we got some fights. Because you can't have victory if you don't fight. That means we're going to have to engage some giants. That means we had some battles up ahead. That means even if we didn't want to fight, we're going to have to fight. Some of you are like, Pastor, it's been my life this year. All my life I had to fight. You had some fights. But what happens after victory? 
Would you like me to tell you? See, you know, the last month I've been praying about this, about what's next, what do we need to do, what do we need to focus on in 2022? And I've been praying about it and praying more during this times of prayer and fasting. And earlier this week, I was praying it out. And, it just, and I was praying it out, it just came out in language that, you know, the way I talk. And I said, God, what are you up to? And I said, well, let me specify, because you're up to a lot. What are you up to that you want us to focus on at the end of this year and next year? And he told me. Would you like me to tell you? I know some of you are probably hungry. You know, I can just tell you, like, next week maybe. What? Y'all hungry? Y'all ready to go, right? Y'all ready? Yeah. Or how about I save this for, you know, next year? You know, the first Sunday of the year. No, you want me to? What about you guys online? You want me to share it now? You don't want us to end the broadcast right now. You want me to share it right now? What comes and happens after victory? Rest. I'm not giving a word for the nation or for the state. I'm giving a word for Faith Christian Center, for those who are under my spiritual covering. What is up ahead for us is rest. We're entering into times of refreshing, of renewal, and rest. That's what we're walking into. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 14. We're entering into times of renewal, of refreshing, and of rest. That's where we're headed. Second Chronicles chapter 14. We see in verse 1 that the king Abijah died, and his son begins to reign in his stead. And notice what it says at the, his, about his reign. In his days, the land was quiet 10 years. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. It's not like he's walking down God's path. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places, break down the images and cut down the groves, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. Also, he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images, and the kingdom was quiet before him. It looks like he's walking down God's path, and they ran into rest for their souls. Notice what it says next. And he built fenced cities in Judah, for the land had rest. And he had no war on those years, because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore, he said unto Judah, let us build these cities and make about them walls and towers and gates and bars while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him, and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. Go to Acts chapter 9, verse 31. We're walking into days of refreshing, days of renewal, days of rest. What happens after victory? Rest. Acts 9.31 says, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. The Amplified Classic Edition says, So the church throughout the whole of Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was edified, growing in wisdom, virtue, and piety, and walking in the respect and reverential fear of the Lord and in the consolation and exhortation of the Holy Spirit continued to increase and was multiplied. We are in now 
and walking further into times of refreshing, renewal, and rest. Notice this. It is important that you continue to wage the battles God has called you to. To address the things he's been prompting you to do. There have been some things he's been talking about you doing. You need to do it. Things he's been telling you, you need to deal with this, you need to check this, you need to handle it, you need to do it. Things he's been telling you to overcome, things he's been telling you, you need to clear this up. Things he's been telling you, stop doing that, start doing this. Adjustments he's been making to the way you've been living. You need to do those things. I remember a few weeks before, tongues and interpretation came forth and the Holy Ghost said, engage every giant. And he says, because it's setting you up for what I have for you next year. So I began to wonder, so well, what's next year? Why do we need to engage these giants? And I saw this week, because he has a rest for us. But if you don't engage the things you're supposed to do, you won't experience the rest that he has for you. You have to fight the good fight of faith and overcome the challenges that have confronted you this year. This is a time of winning and unprecedented victory. However, the victory is now. And some of you were impressed by the victory. But rest is better. Victory is good, but rest is better. So press into the rest. Put that in the chat and say it out loud. Say press into the rest. Say it again. Say press into the rest. Now what happens during times of rest? We saw that in 2 Chronicles 14. You build and you prosper. What happens during times of rest? You build and you prosper. So what are we going to do as a faith family during this time of rest? Five things. Number one, build and be edified. Because that's what you do during a rest. You build and you're edified. So number one, say build and be edified. Number two, strengthen our defenses. Say, strengthen our defenses. Now, I was like, what does that mean? I'm going to get into it in the weeks ahead. But one of the things you do during times of rest and times of peace, you know there will be more challenges in the future, right? You know there's other fights up ahead. You know there will be future battles you have to wage. So in times of rest, you strengthen your defenses. Number three. Prosper, multiply, and increase. Say prosper, multiply, and increase. Number four, live in reverential respect and awe of God. Say live in reverential respect and awe of God. Number five, move in and move with the Holy Ghost. We're going to move in the Holy Ghost. We're going to move with the Holy Ghost. That's what you do in times of rest. When you look at other translations of Acts 9, it says they were encouraged by the Holy Ghost during these times. They were built up by the Holy Ghost in these times. The Holy Ghost was doing special things in these churches during this time of rest. It tells us in Acts 3.19, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. There's times of refreshing flowing our way from the presence of God. There's times of refreshing flowing our way 
from the face of God. We talked about it a little bit last week as we began to tap into these things. The breath of God. He's breathing into us, causing us to be refreshed, causing us to be renewed, causing us to be restored, and causing us to rest. See, rest doesn't mean you cease from activity. He's not telling you to sit on your couch all year. Because you can't multiply, increase, and prosper if you just sleep on your couch all year. No, it'll still be a time of activity. But you'll produce more in a restful state than you ever thought you could. But see, in this time, you're going to have to choose rest. You're going to have to choose it. Because in a time of rest, you can still choose to be stressed. Some of you are masters at this. Nothing is going on, but you'll find something to be stressed about. Like nothing, I mean absolutely nothing is going on, and you find a reason to be stressed. But you're going to have to make a decision. You know what? I'm not choosing the stress. I'm choosing the rest. You're going to have to press into the rest. No matter what you see on the news, rest. No matter what everybody kind of runs, you know, people, because what happens when you choose peace and you choose to be at rest, people who just won't, for whatever reason, won't choose peace or don't know how to choose peace, they will try to get you anxious just like them. Did you see what happened? Yes, I saw what happened. Well, why aren't you stressed out? Because I chose not to be. Well, why aren't you anxious? Because I chose not to be. Why aren't you bothered? I chose not to be. So don't let the crowd make you anxious. Don't make the crowd cause you to lose your peace. Peace is too expensive. Choose rest. Say, choose rest. And then it says in Isaiah 28, 11, and 12, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they will not hear. There are times of refreshing flowing from the presence of the Lord. Press into his rest. Unbelief will rob you of your rest. So believe the Lord and his word. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul connected Isaiah 28, 11 with speaking in other tongues. So expect as you pray in the spirit to receive refreshing and instructions on how to walk in God's rest. Do not be like those who will not hear or turn to go their own way. Follow the way of God. Live according to his word and receive the rest for your souls. There are things I'm believing for this nation, for this state, for this area. But I know what he's about to do for us as a faith family. All of our campuses, one church, many locations. We're walking into times of refreshing times of renewal, times of rest. To such an extent, he told me every experience for the rest of the year, that's what's going to happen. And these experiences, in person and online, that's what we're about to experience. Rest. We started talking about a little bit last week, you're going to begin to catch your breath again. Think about someone who was running like a track meet or running cross country, and they just ran miles upon miles upon miles upon miles upon miles. And they cross the finish line. What are they doing? They're trying to catch their breath. Imagine if all of a sudden they caught their breath and were reinvigorated. And they began to run again. Do you know how many people would look like, how? They should be tired. 
They should be drinking Gatorade. They should be laid out on that bench over there. How are they running again? Get ready for people to look at your life and say, how are they running again? I know what they've been through. How are they running again? So you have to understand, God is the God who sees you. That's how he identified himself to Hagar. He said, I'm the God who sees you. God has seen everything you've been through, everything that's happened to you, every challenge you went through, every battle you fought, things you were surprised to you, things you never thought to, you were going to deal with, things people have done to you. He's seen it all. He's promised you victory, and he's promised you rest. God says today, I see you, and I have rest for you. Rest for your souls. Rest for your mind. Rest for your will. Rest for your emotions are refreshing for this body. We're going to catch our breath again. And it's going to able us to do more things than we ever thought possible. It's not going to be a time of ceasing from activity. It's going to be a time of increased activity. A time of strengthening. A time where we're not leaning on our own might, our own power. But we're moving by the Holy Ghost. Moving into the land he called us to move in doing the things he's called us to do. Following after him, walking the paths he has for us so that we can cross into the rest that he has for us. Just don't miss out on it. You're going to have to press into the rest. You're going to have to choose not to be distracted. You have to choose not to drift away. You have to keep your eyes in the right place so that you can have the rest that he has for you. These aren't things that are just going to start next year. These are things that have already started right now. They already started right now. That's what I was sitting here to proclaim to you. This is not starting January 1. It's starting right now. Now, yes, there'll be other things that we'll share next year and things the Lord will prophetically speak unto us and to many others. But for where this local body is concerned, our church and all of our locations, we're entering into rest. We're entering into renewal. We're entering to a time of refreshing. Not just refreshing in general. There's some refreshing that's going to hit your life. Stuff that you thought. Remember what the Lord said last week? Go back and look at areas that you thought were done for, that would no longer produce. Go redig the wells of your father. And you'll see they're producing. Why they can produce? Because he's refreshing us. Another way to say it is resurrection life being ministered to us. Things that we gave up on. Things that we thought it was impossible. Things that people looked at, there's no way it can work again. And all of a sudden, it begins to work. All of a sudden, you begin to run again. So keep your eyes in the right place. Come on, be like the prophet and his assistant. When the Lord told him there's going to be rain, but the, it had been drought for three years, the sky was clear. The man of God said there's going to be rain, and then he went to pray. And he got, put his head between his knees, began to pray. Scribe was like a birthing person. He's beginning to pray. What is he praying out? The word that God said. He didn't just say, okay, I'm going to wait for it to happen. He's like, no, I'm pressing into this. And as he began to pray, he stopped. He called his assistant, hey, go look over the ocean. Do you see something? The assistant said, no, nothing's there. It's clear skies. He kept praying. Go do it again. Nothing. Do it again. Nothing. Do it. Dude, Nothing. That happened seven times. 
But on that seventh time, Jesus said, ah, well, don't get too excited, dude. Still mostly clear. But way in the distance, I see a cloud. It's about the size of a man's hand. And Elijah jumped up, said, that's it. And as he began to run, as he began to go forward, it said the skies were filled with clouds, with thunder and lightning began to rain. But it couldn't rain until the man of God got out the way. He began to run, but what happened? It said the hand of the Lord came upon him, and he outran the king's chariot. Come on, we think it would be really interesting if no matter how fast they are on the track, if the hand of the Lord came upon them and they outran a Ferrari. There's no way that could happen. They look at you and say, there's no way that could happen. There's no way you can run again. There's no way you can go forward. You're too old. You're too young. You're too this. You're too damaged. You're too traumatized. You're too this. You're too that. You're too black. You're too white. You're too uneducated. You're too educated. You're too this. You're too that. There's no way it can happen. Don't stress about them. Just run your race. Because he's breathing into you. Fresh wind. That's going to bring a refreshing. That's going to bring that restoration. That's going to bring the renewal. It's going to bring the rest. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's where we're going. Not by might. Not by power. But by his spirit. That's why we have to move in the Holy Ghost. And move with the Holy Ghost. Because it's not the arm of flesh that's going to bring the rest to us. It's going to be the Holy Ghost who lives within us, who rests upon us, who dwells in our midst. And we're reminded in Isaiah 28 how praying in the Spirit brings us rest. And so we're going to take some time right now and pray in the Spirit. And what's going to happen? We're going to be refreshed. Say, so, well, Pastor, I can't do it. Well, if you're saved, just ask God to fill you with the Spirit. And you'll be able to do it. It's simple as that. It's as simple as that. So let's take some time right now. Let's begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Yield your tongue to the Spirit of God. Let Him pray through you right now. You'll receive refreshing. You'll receive renewal and reinvigoration. You'll begin to rest. Pray in the Spirit. Whether you're in this room or watching online, or watching a replay, or watching another broadcast, go ahead, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in other tongues. And receive the rest of God. Receive the rest of God. Receive the rest of God. 